guys like Springer and Poovy smoking cigarettes on the starting line. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I told Springsteen once, I said, man, I always thought I had to smoke camels to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 16, Tank Slapping Podcast. I know we said that we had the human highlight reel as a guest for this week, but unfortunately, he's a little bit under the weather, so we're going to call him on our next show. But for this week, we have a really good guest lined up, and my co-host, Sammy Sabedra, back on the other side of the computer. How are you, bro? I'm doing good, man. I'm psyched to be back. Uh, I got like the nervous novice out of the way, at least I hope. So, hey, thanks to you guys for bringing me back. And, and uh, I was, I'm excited to be back, and I can't wait to talk to the show's guest. Yeah, lined up. We have another old school rider. He's uh, pretty similar in age probably to uh, Rusty Rogers, who we're going to have on the next show. It's national number 66, George Roeder. Uh, man, what can you say about Rotor? I'll let Sammy kind of give you guys an introduction on George Rotor for the younger guys who should know who he is, but you might not. You should definitely look him up after this show. George Rotor, man, dirt track legend. And I say dirt track because dirt track's an old school term, and George Rotor is old school. Cushion master, Ohio royalty, dare I say movie star, uh, he, he's everything you would expect to see in a classic dirt tracker. He, he was textbook, man. He rode XR 750s his entire career. He wore Ken Maley lace-up boots, uh, D's leathers, and he topped that all off with a bell helmet. Like, all iconic staples. So, like, and, and then you throw in the fact that he's from, like, the mecca of pea gravel half miles, his deep racing routes. Uh, it, it doesn't get more dirt tracked than that. So it's uh it's no wonder he's such a legend. Yeah, he he's the man. So I'm excited to talk with him. It's been a while since I've 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 talked to George. We don't see him at too many racetracks anymore. So definitely uh looking forward to speaking with him. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors and make it all happen. Our uh, title sponsor, Bell Helmets. All three champions last year in the AFT series wore Bell Helmets. Great line of products, safety ratings, top of the line. Just a really really good quality helmet. It's uh. It's the helmet I wear as well, so it's it's a they're a great brand. Make sure you check them out. Thank them for supporting the sport, and then also a shout out to the Vancouver Flat Track Club. VFTC is a group of friends who like to go fast. They host flat track races at the Pemberton Speedway, located between Whistler and Pemberton on Highway 99 in British Columbia. Check out their website at Vancouver Flat Track Club for some history results schedule, and make sure you check them out on social media. Tell them we sent we sent you guys to their pages. Tank Slapping Boys sent, sent, uh, sent you over there, and, and definitely check out their, their social media content. is really good, and looking forward to uh, some races uh, at the VFTC. That's a tough one. What do you think, man? Let's, let's call George Roeder up, and let's, uh, let's talk to the man himself. Carter, give him a ring. George Root or Corey Texter here, Sammy Sabedra. How are you doing, man? Thanks for coming on our show. Good. How are you guys doing tonight? No complaints. <laughs> yes, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, looking forward to talking with you. Uh, we were just talking about, like, you know, everyone has iconic national numbers or, you know, everyone's recognized by, you know, Earnhardt's number three, Rossi's number 46. 
you think of number 66 instantly. No no offense to anybody else that's run the number, but they think George Roeder. So let's get into your career a bit. How did you get started in flat track? Obviously, uh, it's family. You know, it's, it's in your family and your blood, but talk about that a bit. Uh, well, of course, like my dad was, uh, he raced in the 60s, 50s and 60s, and uh, he won eight nationals in his career. And uh, you get, he got, you know, me started when I was four years old me and my two brothers and of course we raced many bikes and then grew up riding motorcycles and went, went to all the nationals you know the ama national races and like you said it's been pretty much all we've done our whole life race motorcycles work on them been around kind of like you you know it was in your family Corey. so you know it's, you don't know nothing else pretty much you know? <laughs> born into it yeah 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 so that that's that's really cool. I I just want to get right into it. And for me and and I know a lot of the uh, of uh, the fans listening, uh, that means Ohio racing and things like the the charity Newsies in Dayton, uh, Springfield, Ohio, the Lima National. Uh, obviously, those are some of the big ones that come to to my mind. But when you think of Ohio half mile racing, what what comes to mind for you? For me, um, well, the uh, the old time newsies down in Dayton because I won that 13 times. Uh, Greenville, that was one of my favorite race tracks. I won there several times. Springfield, Ohio, tracks in Lima. Of course, Lima. I, I love Lima. I never won that one. That was one of my uh, <laughs> races that you know that I wanted to win, but I always done well there. But I was never able to win that one. But uh, you know, several other races uh, down there in Columbus. Uh, style of the downs uh, i like that track so we had a we had a lot of good race tracks and we still do in ohio yeah it kind of so. seems like there's not as many cushion half miles like in ohio like there used to be even when i was kind of growing up and running the amateur races you know we had circleville we had marion we had norwalk yeah. um it's just a bummer because if you wanted to go get good on a cushion half mile you kind of traveled to ohio now it's like there's just not as many racetracks out there. Um, you know, you, obviously you, uh, still do Wazi on, so that's, that's a badass racetrack and there's, there's still some good ones, but yeah, it's, um, I think it's just a, a, in general racetracks across the country. There's just not as many, unfortunately, there's just not as many as there used to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, you grew up racing in the nineties. I mean, you grew up, uh, well, you turned pro like running pro in the nineties, the camel pro series. It was, it was tough. There was a lot of fast guys, a lot of competition. Talk about what that was like racing in that era with Parker, Carr, Graham, Moorhead, Davis, Ferris. And who was your biggest rival in that time? You know, whether or not you were racing the guy for a podium or you guys were battling for 14th, what was the competition like and who were you always battling with? Uh, my biggest rival was Steve Moorhead because him and I pretty much in Ohio, at the local Ohio races, it was for the most part him and I battling for the win uh, at places like Springfield, Ohio, or Greenville. Uh, uh, Dougie Davis was another one; he ran real good in Ohio. Um, but yeah, mainly Steve and I. Um, it was you know, remember me and Steve at Zanesville uh, having a good battle racing down there. Um, so. Yeah, Steve was, he's about 
10 years older than me. I think he is, but he was, you know, Steve had a wrong, good, long, uh, very successful career. So, uh, Donnie East up, you know, he ran good. He was from Ohio. So, you know, there's a lot of good uh, guys came out of Ohio. That, that was such a tough era for sure. And like, I mean, I don't know exactly what year your rookie year was, but I know you were kind of close to Chris Carr in age. Yeah, I me and Chris are exactly the same. You know, we were juniors and rookie experts the same year. 1985 was my first year as a rookie expert. So, yeah. Of course, Chris, well, he was good at everything he did, you know. Yeah, like like oh, I was yeah. going to say, you know, like like I personally remember, you know, being a young kid, and like you know, some of my greatest like like when I could really pay attention and watch what was happening and and to a to a whole event was probably like 1991, and a lot of that year was covered covered on TV. So I got to watch a lot of races, and it seemed like that year. Now Chris Carr was like a factory rider, and like here you are a privateer, and it seemed like you know right around that year, 1991, like. I don't know. It seemed like every time I watched a race, you were with Chris Carr battling, whether it was a heat race or a semi, man. I remember like Louisville watching that one. And like, I mean, I was like, man, you guys are going for it. And I'm like, yeah, I used to, you know, like really cheer on, you know, you know, George Roeder because, you know, you're a privateer, nothing against Carr. Like I've known him my whole life because just we're from California. I'm originally from California, but those were some really cool races to see and to see you get up there and mix it with at the time, man, the, the Harley factory was leaps and bounds ahead of a, you know, a lot of the privateers. So how, how was that for you and how hard was it to like equipment wise? Like what was that, that gap like the, the difference in equipment? Um, I guess, yeah, they, they always, I, their equipment was better than ours, but I don't know how much better it was, you know, there's, you know, setting the bike up, and sometimes uh, if the less power you have, the bike works better, you know. <laughs> it's not horsepower ain't everything, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, they they had a bigger budget than we did, and I I did I ran I ran against Chris, I had some success, but he beat me way more times than I beat him, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, them guys got the bullseye on them, you know, Chris Carr and Scotty Parker, but every time. We went to a racetrack like Lima or Louisville. You know, I felt like I, I was even with those guys on, on those those types of surfaces that I, I could compete with them, and I felt like I could beat them, you know. Not that I did, but I felt like I could, you know. So I was competitive, and I always felt good, you know, racing on that on those kinds of racetracks. You know, you, you, know, and you guys are racers. You know, you, you get that good feeling. I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> it's a mental thing. It's a confidence thing. I think in, in racing, yeah. that's man, that's 80% of the battle is just having the confidence to know you can go do it. There's been a lot of racetracks where, man, I, I probably could have done better. I could have won. And uh, I just didn't believe in myself, you know, so that, that makes a big difference for sure. And you mentioned cushion half mile and growing up, man, I grew up at the races, like, I grew up in the Camel Pro Series. I was going to those races every weekend watching you guys. You guys were my heroes. You know, it was like surreal to come up to you guys in the pits and get your autographs. And um, yeah, just growing up in that era. And then eventually I got the race you a little bit. I mean, I think, I think your last year was my rookie year and I didn't see much of you cause you were always in the front and I was kind of trying to, you know, take my licks in the mid mid pack. But uh, 
you know, you talk about cushion half miles, and that's what I think of when I think of George Roeder. And, you know, you've always been the man on cushion half miles. And I'm kind of curious, throughout your career, and you've raced for a long time, who was the gnarliest dude, probably beside yourself, that you've raced on a cushion half mile? Like, that you're like, man, shit, this guy is going to be tough today. Uh, Parker. Parker. Parker was the best on a cushion. Yeah, I mean, he he could just go, you know. And yeah. he was the guy. I mean, that's who you put your stopwatch on. At any time, you went to a cushion race, you know. And he could, you know, he had it, you know. It seems like every era there was a new guy. I mean, you had Parker in the '90s, and you had, yeah. you know, Dominic Bolak was a really good cushion yeah, he was, rider. Yeah, he did real good. Yeah, Canadian, yeah, pretty pretty quick too. Yeah, so, Chris yeah. Evans, he ran real well. And Bullock and Beatty, all them guys ran good on the cushion. You know, of course they got more tracks like we do in Ohio. You know, up in Canada, because I used to slip up into Canada and do some racing. You know back in the 90s and the 2000s there and you know the tracks are real similar to the tracks in ohio so uh i had some success going up there and racing those guys you know but yeah with yeah. Bullock and and evans you, you know guys we, up there we talk about like cushion racetracks you know george Roeder's cushion racetracks of course it's like the one thing you want to talk about like like they go together so good you know, but like the big surprise for me, and I'm sure everybody, but I want to know how big of a surprise it was for you uh, to to get that win at uh, was it I-96 on, on the clay half mile, <laughs> yeah. right? Like a clay half mile, like a cushion yeah, master. You yeah. think he's gonna win Lima, and you win I-96. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> how big of a surprise was yeah. that to you, or did you know that whole day? Like, I mean, you know, you know what it is. You know, you're feeling no. good. I was kind of struggling the whole day, you know, because I never really done that well there. I I'd had, you know, I'd ran okay, but never felt like I was going to win, you know, a national. And I just remembered, you know, usually kind of grooved up there and uh, you kind of had to run around the bottom or, you know, stay on the notch. And we were the whole day focused on setting up for the groove, you know, riding the groove, you know, trying to stay on the notch. And all I remember, I'm, I'm out in the main event, and I'm trying to ride the groove, and guys are passing me on the outside. And I'm thinking, dude, I can ride up top as good as anybody, you know. <laughs> so I moved up, and I started passing guys, you know. You're like, I'm like, shit, this is my alley, baby. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. And I got to second place, and Parker was winning. And I thought, well... Them guys were easy to pass, but this guy ain't gonna be easy at all. <laughs> and uh and I'm just about that time I, I I started getting some oil on my face shield. And I thought, You gotta be kidding me. I thought his bike was starting to let go, you know. And here his shock his shock broke, you know, it broke a seal on the shock or something. I was getting shock oil and he anyways he lost his suspension. I passed him. Well him and J.R. Snobble got tangled up. And I, I think I don't. I, I think Schnabel went down, but Parker didn't. Anyways, they stopped it. They restarted it, and Parker restarted like fourth or fifth. And I was at the front. And I'm thinking, man, now I, I still got to beat him, you know. And he went right to second and was right on my butt the rest of the race. But I was able to hold him off, you know. 
But, uh, yeah, I remember that. Like you said, them guys were passing me on the outside. And I'm thinking, I can ride up there. So yeah. It just worked out, you know. Sign so, me up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that, that's awesome. I, I, I can't imagine, you know, I've – I've got a couple of podiums, but I, I've never won a national at this point. And I, yeah, it's, it's probably a just incredible feeling. And it's kind of funny, like a cushion rider like yourself, your first national win was uh, on a clay half mile on I-96. And then the opposite, I, I think Will Davis's first win was Lima. And he's kind of Lima, a clay track yeah. guy. Yeah. And same with yeah. Jared Meese. Yeah, yeah Jared Meese is yeah. Lima. And he's a clay track guy. So yeah. Um, yeah. Man, it yeah, it's it's just one of those deals where you're feeling good and uh, it it just it just happens. So um, no, that's that's yeah. interesting stuff. And we've we talked a little bit about for, before you came on the show. You know, you're an old school dirt tracker. You know, Ken Maley lace up boots, yeah. bell helmet. Um, yeah. You know, and Harley Davidson XR750. You know, that's kind of that's kind of George Roder. You know, have you have you ridden another twin? Like, was the XR750 really the only twin that you have ever really yeah, raced? Yeah, that's the only. Did you, yep. did you ride it? Okay. Yeah, that's the only one. I've never rode a Honda RS750 Honda. I wouldn't mind just riding one, see what it. I rode one on the street. I take that back, but I never raced it. And them things felt pretty good going up and down the street. And yeah, uh, no, XR750 is the only thing I've ever raced, pretty much. No, uh, ride one of those or super truck series or anything. Uh, or? Well, I did ride 83. I did that one year. I don't think, I think the best I ever did was like third or fourth. And a lot yeah, of guys rode those 83s. Uh, you know, Graham, Ricky Graham was yeah, 83 national Springer. champion and grand national. Yeah. Springer did that. And, uh, Davey Camlin, he ran real good on them things. My brother. It was a tough, tough bike. It was yeah. a tough bike. I watched yeah. the race on YouTube the other, just recently, and uh, Jess, your brother, I think yeah. he won. It was a mile track somewhere, maybe Springfield, and he he won. He won uh-huh. the race, and uh, that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're just a Harley guy. I mean, you guys are family owned. You guys had a dealership for, I forget yeah. how many years. So you're uh, you bleed black and orange, kind of like I do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what uh, else you gotta do? You know. Yeah, I was telling Corey, man, I didn't feel right talking to you tonight without a Harley shirt on. So I'm wearing a Harley shirt right now, and you're on. All right. But uh, you know, uh, talking about like you, you know, all all these you know cool races and your your first national win at I-96. I want to hear about like, and, and you know, Corey mentioned your your iconic 66 number, but I want to hear about like how you got that national number what was the first main event you made and uh what made you pick number 66 uh was there any special reason behind that uh no it was kind of a thing there where i uh you know because i always had 94 you know i was trying to walk in my dad's footsteps and then we're awful damn big footsteps to try and fill you know <laughs> and when i got my national number i just decided i was gonna let what you know because they just give you a number random or I don't know exactly how they do it, but you know, I had had enough points or whatever to get a national number and I just let them, whatever they gave me is what I was going to take. Is what I decided because I wanted to try and make my own, you know, way through the world and try to get out from underneath my dad's shadow, you know, <laughs> you got such a good number for like that for just a pure luck of the draw. I mean, like, 66 yeah. is a pretty good-looking number. You know, there's some ugly numbers out there, but, like, 66 yeah. is a good one. So, you totally got lucky, man. That's, that's, that's cool. That's cool. 
Yeah. So. Uh, that's that's fun. That wasn't the answer I was expecting, but that's a good one. I I hear that from time to time. Like, how'd you get that number? Oh, I don't know. They just assigned it to me at the track, and I just had it for 80 years. So I was yeah. like, all right, well. <laughs> well, you know, that's Corey, awesome. you probably got yeah, the same I, thing with your family. You know, you got you compared to your dad and and, and my sister. You know, you, <laughs> I got it. I yeah, get it both and your ways. sister. And, yeah, 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 you know, and yeah, you know, just, yeah, you want to kind of pave your own way. I get it, man. I, yep, that's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to follow in footsteps like that. So it's, um, yeah, it's kind of just want to be your own identity a bit. So I, uh, I have a two year old son, and, um, uh, his, his rating number I gave him is actually my grandpa's sprint car number. Uh, so instead of, you know, giving him my number and my dad's number, I thought ah, I'd mix it up in give him something a little different. So he's number 26. So, which ironically is half of 25 and half of 65, which is both my dad's <laughs> national numbers. So, um, uh, so yeah, it, uh, it, it's kind of cool how it all works out, but I know you come to some of the races still and you follow it, you know, you am sure you watch it on uh, fans choice, whatever else, but is anybody out there today that kind of reminds you of yourself, maybe riding style a little bit or their demeanor, um, you know, attitude, anybody that you kind of watch and you're like, ah. Eh, I see a little bit of myself out there and you kind of root for them. Um, well, of course I, I, sorry, I, I ran a, a Rupert Jared, you know, Vander cause he's from Ohio. And, uh, he, you know, he, his family was, has always been involved in racing. You know, I raced against his dad and, uh, he's doing really well. And I, I, you know, I, I pull for him week in and week out, but, I also, you know, I like uh, Brian Smith. I like his, the way he rides. And, you know, Meese and uh, Sammy Halbert. I like Sammy. I know he's he's aggressive. I like how he gets aggressive, you know. I pretty much like everybody. I like racing, you know. <laughs> I like watching racing. I, I just want to see a good race, really get after it. You did really good last year, Corey. I, I was impressed that you put on some really good rides, you know. So. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, trying trying to channel my uh my inner George Roeder at Lima last year. I ended up. <laughs> I guess I did. You know, how many seconds have you got at Lima? Because that's <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. That's uh, it's pretty cool coming from uh somebody you looked up to. I appreciate that. I was just gonna you know talk about you know some more of your racing. I know we talked a lot about the Ohio and the cushion stuff and and you know uh, but you had a real long career. I mean, I don't know how long you were a national number, probably close to 25 years. I mean, uh, it was a long time I know. And hopefully, you know, you can tell us how long that was. And over those years, you rode for a lot of different people and you had a lot of different tuners. I know your dad worked on your stuff. Uh, I know you worked with guys like, you know, Eddie Atkins and Skip Eakin. And, you know, um, I just want to hear, you know, your, your take on maybe, uh, some of those guys you got the chance to work with, like who was like most influential, whether it was a mentor, just out of anybody you worked with, who sticks with you in, in your, in, in your mind the most? Uh, well, I, I, they all do. I mean, uh, Eddie, um, Skip, I really like Skip, uh, Chico, Keith Badnar. He was awesome. And Larry Zumbrum, you know, we worked together the last couple of years I rode there. Um, we did real well working together. Um, so I, and I had luck with everybody. We you know we won races, everybody I rode for there. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I really, I really liked Skip, you know, of course he passed away and I used to talk to him 
all the time, you know, but, you know, cause it's great. You know, everybody's got stories, you know, talking and, uh, just, you know, going to the races, sitting in the truck, you know, the, the, the camaraderie of it all is, you know, I, I, I do miss that. I don't know as far as really can't think of any stories to tell right now <laughs> about those guys. <laughs> I think that's the biggest I, I got thing good that, uh, memories of them all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you miss the most about racing pro? I mean, it's, you know, the camaraderie in the pits, the, 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 the going the kind of battle, so to speak with your tuner. I mean, what do you kind of miss the most? Yeah, about, you know, about you, you come up with pro. your game plan and, you know, that part of it, I miss a lot, you know, because, it's a great feeling, you know, when, when, when you do good and, uh, you and your tuner talk, you know, you, cause like, oh, was, for instance, uh, uh, me and Larry out at, uh, I won Pomona, I think in 08 or I think it was 08. I won Pomona. That was a West coast flat track for series, but it was the last race of the year. And everybody was there. Smith was there and at Meese was there and cool Vest, you know, the factory riders cop was there. And, uh, I was running good. It was running good. I, I think I had fast time. I got beat in the dash. I won my heat. We're getting ready, you know, okay, we're getting uh, what are we gonna do? And then Larry said, I think we should put a tooth on. I said, You think? I said, We're running pretty good. He goes, I let's put a tooth on. We put a tooth on and man that thing it was like, Man, that thing ran really good, you know, that was a that was a right decision, you know. And you know, you know what I'm saying? When you make decisions like that together and it, and it goes as planned or, you know, yeah, it just feels good. And it feels like it's like, it turns the individual effort of racing motorcycles into a team effort. And I've always felt like when you succeed as a team, it's so much more rewarding than going out there as an individual and just winning races, just trying to involve your team. And yeah, it's a good feeling. And I definitely can relate to that and understand that quite a bit. Um, do you think that you could go out there uh, right now and and compete on like a cushion half mile? Like you know, we 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 get you your license <laughs> and you go out there. <laughs> you still got some in the tank. I mean, uh, if you're the oh, guy, I, I, the in guy my mind, I do. I, <laughs> I think I could compete I'd for like, like five laps. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be good. Five laps is I'd be good for five laps. <laughs> bring back the camel challenge bring back the camel yeah. challenge <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know because you know how it is man you know at the end there i, I that's where i was getting so I, I i could go fast for five six laps and then i just start getting tired and you know and i even run today and try to stay in shape but you just getting in racing shape is different you know it's and well the uh, it's it's definitely changed over the years, the fitness level, like guys are, I mean, it's, it's in, in all, all forms of motorsports. I even see like Jimmy Johnson and like NASCAR drivers are training. Like it's, um, it's definitely changed a lot from when, probably when you turned pro, you know, you saw yeah. guys like Springer and Poovy smoking cigarettes on the starting line. So yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it, it's definitely yeah. changed a little bit since, uh, since, yeah. Yeah, I told Springsteen once, I said, man, I always thought I had to smoke camels to go fast, you know. I mean, he... <laughs> <laughs> it seems like him, trick, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's hilarious. Hey, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know if this is a sore subject or a good thing to talk about. I don't know what your take is on it. But um, 
you know, I, I have a, a lot of guys that stay at my house when the races come to this part of the country. And uh, whenever they're here, man, uh, there's one movie that I pop in the DVD player uh, that a lot of these guys just don't know. And I'm sure by now you know what I'm talking about. And uh, that's Frank Shelby. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, that movie is gold. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I, I show that to these guys, and like, I can call them up tonight, and they're gonna be dropping like quotes from that movie to me. Uh, so like, how did all that come about? How'd you get that role to to ride? You know, to ride that uh, was film, and I think it was about 1993. I, if I, we, it was Pomona. I was at Pomona. I, I can't remember how I did that night. I think I did okay. But we were at the Pomona, and Craig T. Nelson was in the pit. He was walking around the pit. And uh, and I just made a point of introducing myself to him. And I used to watch that show, Coach, he, that sitcom all the time. Of course, he was in it. And I'm just like, dude, man, I just want to shake your hand. I think you're awesome. Uh, you know, I watch your show all the time and he just you know he was very friendly and that was it you know and i went on and raced the rest of the night and uh went home and was telling my buddies hey i met coach you know craig d nelson and ah, i was about a week later i get this phone call and it's from a neil rap and he's like hey i'm uh i'm a producer i produce shows and uh um we're looking think about you you know, using you as a stunt double for Craig T. Nelson, he wants to make a movie, and I'm like, huh? Okay, I thought my buddies were pulling, pulling, pulling my leg, you know, playing a joke on me. Because <laughs> I'm like, this can't be real. So he gave me his number, and I wrote it down, and I, and I said something to a couple people, and they're like, oh, better call the guy back. So I called him back, and it was for real, you know. Yeah, yeah we want you to be his stunt double, and I'm, it was awesome. I, you know, I... Got to go to Hollywood. We went Ventura. I think we went to Ventura Speedway and did some filming. Will Springs. We went up there and did some filming, and they had the little Springfield noise. And I had my own little uh, dressing room. I had my own dressing room and with my, with my own star on it and stuff. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, it was a great experience, you know. Full, full on movie star experience, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, Gene Romero was very instrumental on that. He kind of set a lot of it up too, so he was cool. Had a lot of, I got a lot of respect for Gene. Absolutely, a- absolutely for sure. I mean, uh, you know, a- another legend of the sport in his own right, of course. Yeah. But you know, with the Frank Shelby deal, do you ever get anybody to come up with a picture and be like, "Hey, would you sign this as Frank Shelby?" Or do you get people talking to you about it ever? Or a little bit, not as much as I used to, you know, but yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, I still get people that uh, right now I'm talking about it. So. <laughs> 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 I guess that's, yeah, that's I remember I, got, I was on entertainment tonight too, when they was promoting that show. That was cool as heck. You know, you used to have that show entertainment that's tonight. Awesome. And that, yeah. That's cool, man. I would love to find that episode on YouTube. That would be that would be classic. That would be good to see. Yeah, it was it was quite the experience. You know, I I, <laughs> I was very happy awesome. to be able to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah, they fed us good. What? Had a really good time. The Dodge brothers, Tony Dodge and his brothers, they provided with a bike to ride when I went to California to film, and that 
they were very fun to be around. You know, we had a really good time. So, yeah. As far as your thoughts on the um, the 2019 season for the American Flat Track stuff, um, did it kind of surprise you at all? I mean, uh, you know, Briar taking the championship. Briar's a real he's a real good rider. I mean, I I was at Lima when he won. I think that was his first national win at Lima on that Kawasaki, wasn't it? Didn't he win that on a Kawasaki? Yeah, first twins win, yep. Yeah. Yeah, two and man, years he ago, really yeah. rode Yeah. He really rode good that night, you know. That man, he impressed me, I remember. And uh yeah, he's a real talent, you know. Him winning the championship didn't really surprise me as as talented as he is, you know. But, you yeah. know, Beast Jared Beast is uh very uh driven individual i i think you know he's very focused you can see he's very determined you know he when he's out there racing you know he leaves nothing on the table you know he's he's one of those guys you know he reminds me of like ricky graham or scotty parker you know they got he got it when he has to have it (laughs) when he needs it you know he's a gamer yeah i'll agree with you there That, that guy is a he's a gamer for sure um yeah yeah, we got a couple more questions here, and then we got our, our last segment we do every week. It's called the higher low line, but Sammy's got one more, and I'll, I'll ask one more question, and uh, we'll uh, let you go. Go ahead, Sammy. You got a final question for uh, George? Yeah, uh, you know, I I got to ask you. Everybody, you know, talks to you, and they're going to talk about cushions or half miles, you know, uh, but I got to ask you, was there, like, any uh, mile tracks that you liked, or what was your favorite mile track? Well, Delmar, I won that twice. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was you know um formula usa race you know they they broke off and tried to run a separate series from the ama so you know everybody was there once again but it wasn't an ama national and i, I won that twice so yeah of course you know everybody loves springfield but uh, it just wasn't my forte at springfield track like del mar where it was loose and deep and rough that's more my style you know right up my alley of course like i said i wanted Man, a couple and there's times, a couple you know. of tracks now there's a couple of tracks that we rode after you retired that you probably would have liked i mean yeah uh, the mega mile in virginia thought, uh yeah down yeah it's a couple that you probably would have liked then um for as remember, far as back then they didn't have a ton of cushion have cushion miles right they only had del mar no, and couple. louisville maybe was yeah cushion. yeah yeah I, mean, I remember watching yeah. those races thinking i would like to be there but age like I said, I was five laps, and then I'm done. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. My final question is, you know, if you could go back in time, uh, what advice would you give a younger George Roeder? Um, maybe something you know now about the sport that you wish you knew kind of back then when you were a younger pro. Is there any advice you'd give yourself that you've learned over the years? Oh, yeah. I mean – hindsight's twenty twenty, and you know some i remember like i had a really good year in 1992 and then i went and had, we built a, a brand new bike for 1993 got a new frame and everything and you know sometimes you know don't throw away the old bike though you know what i'm saying that it's what got you there maybe don't make a bunch of changes. If things are going good, you make little changes, you know, sometimes, sometimes I made too many big changes. I think, you know, you just, 
get too too rambunctious sometimes. And you know, I was a little too aggressive at times. You know, just take a breath <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and maybe settle. But you know, sometimes I don't know. You know, you you get overly aggressive and push too hard and end up on your butt. You know, I remember one night, man, we was up there at. Uh, East Moline, and I was running really good that night. I fast, I think I had fast time, fast heat, setting on the pole for the main event. You know, Parker was second quick. And we go down, I think I was leading coming off of two. Parker passed me going down the back straightaway. We go off into three, and he slipped. And I thought, I got him. I slipped high. I grabbed the handful of gas because I was going to pass him, and the next thing I know, I'm on my ass. You know, and that was it. I was done. And it, man, if I just would have just settled down right there, <clears throat> that would have been one of those my nights. And I just was a little bit too aggressive, you know. But they say I. I mean, that's what kind of makes riders like yourself um, makes you fan favorites because you just. You, you you don't settle like you wanted to win. You you didn't want to get second or third. You see an opportunity, you're a tiger. You're going for the food. I mean, it's like that's yeah. uh, that's kind of what I love about George Roder growing up. It's like, dude, here's this guy. He shows up with these old school looking boots, laced up, old school looking leathers, and he just twists the grip. I mean, that's why I was a fan. Like, it's just it's just something that people remember you by. I mean, that's. It's uh, it's it, yeah. I mean, it's just cool. Like you were, you were an exciting racer, and that's. There's a lot of guys that win a lot of races that are boring that people, people forget about. So it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely one of those things that uh, you're trademarked hey, by. <laughs> so, uh, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Our last segment we do for every 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 episode is uh, we call it the high or low line, and I know you're a high line kind of guy, but we're gonna um give you two questions one or the other, and kind of pick one and give us a quick reason or an explanation why. Um, the first one I have for you is Lima or Pomona. Which track would you pick? Ooh, that's tough. I mean, Lima is always my <laughs> These favorite. These are but tough, I, I, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I won Pomona. You know, Pomona <laughs> fit, actually fit my style a little bit better because Lima's a big, okay. wide-open racetrack, you know, and I like why, but it might, cause I, I tend to get on, it fit. I, I had to go with Pomona. I mean, my chances of winning Pomona are better than Lima. I won Pomona. <laughs> I never won Lima. So, you know. <laughs> well, I'm so, kind of surprised by that answer. I got to admit, I'm a little surprised. Well, an Ohio guy, but I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, it's your, your, your answer. Lime is cheaper wow. to go to. You can sleep in your own yeah. room and okay. go to Lima. I changed my answer to Lima. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if well, I could win, I mean, if I could win Lima, if you're going to guarantee me winning Lima, then I'll, I'll go to Lima. I got to do it on my own. <laughs> well, I think the party would be a little bit better after Lima with all those. Yeah, it would be a Lima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, that I, was I awesome. One. I, I gotta say, I'm sorry, Lima. You know, all my fans sat in turn four, and I swear I could hear those people cheering when I came out of the corner. You know, it was an awesome feeling. You know, to to be able to hear those people. You know. When you're coming sure off the corner, you hear, 
Yeah, that that was that was pretty awesome. So that's yeah. that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. That that's yeah. that's. I don't know of anybody that can you know could lay claim to that. Uh, there's not many people that can at least. Uh, but I got another similar question on the high line uh, or low line to Corey. Uh, and this, uh-huh. this comes back to two uh, Ohio tracks that are, uh, you know, pretty prominent. Uh, Dayton, Ohio, or Springfield, Ohio? Ooh. Well, Dayton, because that, that race paid a lot of money to win, and I won it 13 times. <laughs> but Springfield <laughs> Springfield's an awesome racetrack, you know. That's probably one of the nicer tracks in Ohio. I, 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 I remember, you know, you winning it, and there would be like he'd be fanning a lot of cash. I don't know how much you won, but it always looked like an amazing amount of money. I was like, man, that's a race to win. Yeah, yeah. Man, I remember that all that money, I had it in my pocket. Remember they used to have the Denny's across the street? Yeah. And it was kind of a rough neighborhood. And I walk in there, and Denny's, and I got all that money in my pocket, and I'm thinking – Man, if these people knew what I got in my pocket, they probably all beat the shit out of me and take my pants right now. <laughs> I've been in that Denny's. I have really yeah. bad memories. Actually, I'll, I'll do a quick story for you. But the last time I was at at at, at Dayton, I went to that Denny's, and uh, uh-huh. um, there was a lady that stood up and and she said she 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 was coming into the restaurant and she said she just got st- she just got stabbed. So. She's like, oh, I just really? got stabbed. You call the police, and um, so yeah, that's a pretty rough. It's pretty pretty funny that you <laughs> that you said that. Uh, it's a rough neighborhood. There was this uh, yeah. someone got stabbed when I was there. So, so um, yeah, there, there you go. Um, <laughs> next one I have for you. It's kind of you know we've we've gave you some. These that was kind of easy. I thought those those two, but um, you know you're not not known for TTs or short tracks, but. If you had to pick one or the other, a TT or a short track, what do you have the most fun riding? Huh. Probably at Peoria. I never did that. I did okay at Peoria, but I, I eh, one year I got ninth in the national at Peoria, and uh, I was kind of proud of that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, I think I, I, I think I actually beat Johnny Murphy. I. I think I was running with him, you know, and, uh, yeah, we, he, I had a really fast bike and it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, and I, and I got fourth there when I was a junior, I ran, I rode an XR, I rode an XR 750. Everybody else was on singles and I got fourth <laughs> on my XR. So That's I was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. You were I, riding beat, I would beat everybody before. into the first corner. <laughs> that XR. <laughs> <laughs> when men were men yeah yeah, yeah i beat yeah. i beat chris carr into the first corner as a junior at peoria <laughs> well not many people can say that yeah <laughs> for or yeah i mean and, and i don't think there's a guy in modern times that can say he rode an xr well i take it back at peoria there's mick kirkness rode an xr so i take that back but there's not many guys that can say they rode an XR in, you know, somewhat modern times at uh, Peoria. So that, that's definitely pretty cool. Uh, the next one I have uh, for you is I want you to think of a really crappy, sketchy racetrack, first of all, before <laughs> I ask this. And uh, here's your high line, low line. 
So a crappy racetrack, would you rather have sticky throttle cables or no brakes? No brakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are brakes? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, but, yeah. he didn't think On about it. On a track it. like yeah, that, I think I'd rather have no brakes. That was a lame question for a guy like George Roeder who's always on the gas. Even if he had sticky throttle cables, he probably wouldn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I just, but it's, it's a bad feeling when the throttle sticks on you. I know that. When you want to shut the gas off and it don't, you know, then you're going for the kill buttons, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, you're, uh, I know you're a wrestling guy, and I love wrestling. My brother was uh, a really good wrestler, and I, I'm a big fan right. of the sport. And we kind of go back and forth on this podcast recently with um, – we're trying to put a Jared Meese-Henry Wiles wrestling match together for charity. And uh-huh. who, would you, who would you pick in a Wiles versus Meese wrestling match? Uh, just standard rules, two-minute periods. Who are you taking in a, in a Meese versus Wiles match? I don't know. I mean, Meese, because I know Meese wrestled. It did Wiles wrestle? Wiles, I guess, was a good Michigan wrestler, too. So, yeah, I was. Was, was he? Kinda, okay, I never knew that. I, I I think Meese was pretty good. I picked Meese, but I didn't know. Well, I don't know. Wiles okay. was pretty wiry, though. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I got a follow up. You know, I, I, like I said, I like I like wrestling a lot. It's my favorite sport besides motorcycles. And, um, you know, I found out you were a wrestler and I got amped up. So I had to have two, two, two wrestling <laughs> questions here. Um, your go to move in a match. Are you are you throwing a headlock? Or are you locking up a cradle? What's what's the what's the George Roeder wrestling? Oh, uh, I could uh, cradle. OK, I had long arms. I never hit many head and arms. Cradles, I hit, I hit, I would hit the cradle. I, sh- I, I shot a lot. I was a shooter. You know, my shoes. My coaches always told me you could tell a guy by his wrestling. If a guy shoots, you look at his wrestling shoes. That you know, the toes are wore out. You know, and my okay. toes are wore out. You could tell which side he shot to by looking at his shoes and stuff. Which which toes? Yeah. Both of my toes are always wore out. And I was going to ask you, are you a double leg or a single leg guy? But I, I went with the headlock or cradle question. So <laughs> I shot doubles and singles. I, I, I was always shooting. I was impatient with my wrestling. <laughs> like so I was with you my race. wrestled like you raced. There you go. I love yeah. it. Send it. <laughs> All right. I, I got Stop. one for you and I got one for you. Uh, and uh, I could probably go on talking forever about Frank Shelby, so I'm going to bring up Frank Shelby again. But uh, uh-huh. if uh, in a in a bar fight, who would win, Frank Shelby or George Roeder? Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying Frank Shelby? <laughs> if there's a guy yeah. would want to be in a want to want to go against in a bar fight like a sleeper it would be rotor like you watch george ride a cushion half mile and you're like well we get in a fight later i want that guy on my team like <laughs> so. well we appreciate you coming on the show buddy it's been a it's been a while since i've seen you and uh Hopefully, once we get Thanks back to racing me. here, sometime in your future, yeah. we can uh, catch up and see you. Is there any? When, when's the next race? Laconia is that oh. still on the schedule? 
<laughs> I wish that... we. I wish I knew. Yeah, oh, we, yeah, no, we have no clue. I, I doubt it's Laconia, just because I I know they rescheduled the bike week already, and from what I've heard, oh, it's actually uh, I think it's the OKC Mile, so cushion half mile. You might wanna. You might have time to get in shape yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> and see yeah. season opener. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'll be watching. Think... Good luck this year. Yeah. Thank um... you. Hope you have as much success this year as you did last year, or you have more success. You're looking good. Oh, uh, thanks, man. Good work. Appreciate you. Thank you, and uh, we'll keep up. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks again. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Take care. Thanks. Th- thanks for coming on, George. It was no been problem. Uh, awesome. Awesome talking to you. All right. All Take right. it easy, man. See you later. Bye. Uh, George Roeder, man, that guy's so funny, dude. Like, he's just like low key, like the funniest guy ever. He's he's awesome. I I, I definitely enjoyed that. Like, you can just by the way he talks in interviews, he's just an old school, just an old school guy. It was it was awesome. You can just tell how old school he is just by like some of his cut and dry answers. Like, meh, whatever. Just it's so funny. That was awesome. That that was great, man. I mean, you know. Like I said, uh, dirt track legend. So to talk to him, he's always been a nice guy and, you know, really approachable and, uh, you know, and he's just always been the same. And uh, even after all this time, he talks to him on the phone. He's still George Roder, man. He's just the real deal. Well, you talk about the, the, the Frank Shelby movie and, man, he was on American Pickers not long ago. I mean, he was... They had an American Pickers episode where they went to Rotors and and they did it. That, he's like a low key movie star. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> he is, it's man. pretty crazy. And we, he's a big deal. Yeah, we gotta find that Entertainment Tonight. Like he was on Entertainment Tonight. Like what? We gotta find that. That's yeah. gotta be out there on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it, it's cool. Like for me, like like I said, I grew up at these racetracks. Like I went to my first Camel Pro race when I was two weeks old in California. At that, like I like I've been going to these races my whole life, and these guys are like my heroes. Like they were. You know, I used to wait in line for a long time to get these guys autographs. And for him to, like, watch me race and, and kind of congratulate me and stuff, it's just, like, that's it's crazy to me. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool. Like, that was a cool moment for me. And, you know, Rotor and, and all those guys, it, it's for them to, I don't know, just being able to chat with them like we're boys now. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, I mean, I remember being a little kid and at Pomona, waiting to talk to him and like trying to get the balls to like go up to George Roeder. And, uh, he actually gave me his number plate. I still have it. And it's still got some dirt on it from Pomona. I like never washed it off. So, you know, definitely, a you know, a hero of mine, you know, and then I got the chance to, uh, I wouldn't say he raced with me or, <laughs> you know, uh, I was in some of the same races he was in, you know, we never raced together, but he definitely smoked past me on many occasions, you know, so, uh, and to be able to like, you know, tie that all in, you know, being a fan of his and being able to be on the same starting line with him, uh, a few times was definitely cool and, uh, stopped in his shop there in, uh, Monroeville and talked to him and man, he, he treats me like, uh, just like if I was anybody else. So he's definitely a cool guy, the real deal for sure. Yeah. And like for my like rookie year, 2007, I I was coming in as a lot of these guys were retiring, you know, George Roeder, Rich King, Mike Hacker, um, Johnny Murphy. Like I was kind of coming in just as they were retiring. Like I, I didn't really get to race with them too much. Like, like I mentioned the Roeder, I was kind of like a mid pack guy 
and they were still at the front of the pack. So, but to like line up with guys that I grew up like that were my like, they were my heroes. And Chris Carr, you know, I got to race with Chris a bit more. Um, but to yeah, to race with guys like that, it's just it's just surreal to me. I mean, um, if I had a chance like right now, like to meet just like you know guys just just guys that I grew up with, like it just. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm amped on Rusty Rogers next episode. Like, I feel like I'm fanboying way too hard. Like, I'm, like, messaging his wife back and forth, like, about getting him on the show. And I'm like, do you have any photos of Rusty with his mullet when he uh, used to race, like, on the podium? I just want one to, like, have. (laughs) She's like, uh okay (laughs) i mean like whatever like everyone looks up to like rappers or basketball players and i'm just like give me rusty rogers like i'm with you 100 percent on that man like i mean don't get me wrong i was super hyped to talk to george roder too but we didn't have the build-up because you know it was uh last minute but uh like no lie i've been fanboying on rusty i was up like talking to amanda so like probably 2.30 in the morning about Rusty Rogers telling her Rusty Rogers stories. I'm like, oh, man, this guy was insane, you know, just telling her all about it. And she's like, I'm trying to go to bed, and I'm just, like, chattering about Rusty Rogers. I'm psyched to talk to Rusty Rogers, probably almost as much as you, if not more, Corey. <laughs> well, we've uh, – I didn't even know if Rotor would be a possibility. Like, he's he's been on my list for a while now, and I was like, man, I'm going to throw a Hail Mary – I'm gonna get a hold of his daughter, see if she can see if she can line him up, and uh, she said, "Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think I'll do it." I'm like, "No way!" Like, um, so all these guys from the '90s, it's like talking to them is crazy. Like, it's 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 crazy for me. Oh yeah, definitely because like the guys from the '90s, man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like today's riders are so polished and so used to doing like you know. Uh, interviews and they're they're so commercialized uh you know they're, they're just they speak so well lame you know, talking, you know, they're lame you, you know but you talk to a guy like george roder man i mean he's just gonna talk to you like like you could be drinking beers with him in his garage he's gonna talk to you the same way as if you would on the podium or in the pits or in his garage you know he's just a real deal and like so think i i gotta just say like when uh when I when you told me like, hey man, we might be doing George Roder tonight, I'm like, what George Roder? You know, so uh, I shot his daughter a message too. I'm like, hey, is there anything you can tell me about this guy? Like, what's his favorite drink? And she's like, well, you know, he likes Yingling, and I was like, what? That's a Pennsylvania beer. So I thought that was pretty cool. You Who know, does like, it? George Roder, yeah, George Roder drinks lager. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Well, tonight, as always, on my end of the podcast is uh, sponsored by Landshark. And uh, what are you drinking, Sammy? Coors Light. Coors Light National. Coors Light. So Sammy's drinking water. It, it's water. It's uh, beer-flavored water. And uh, I'm rolling with sharks over here. And I like to think of it as uh, my water has beer in it. <laughs> I was... Uh, I, I'm on this like fitness app. It's called Strava and you like post your bicycle rides and you're running like your miles and stuff and people comment back and forth. And I got into a little bit of a tiff with a local cyclist. I was taking some of his like Strava segments and it is so stupid. But anyway, we were arguing. He was being like a complete dick. And uh, I mentioned like Landshark and he said like, oh, Landshark sucks. You drink shitty beer. I'm like, 
you know what, asshole? Now you pissed me off. <laughs> like everything else was fine. Like you can like, you know, you know, make fun of me and you know, whatever, like, you know, tell me I suck and whatever, but don't diss the shark. Like I was, yeah, I, man. Was, I was bummed out. Like, come on. So, um, no, it was a great show. We appreciate all the fans for, for tuning in and, and sharing the podcast and, Man, give us some reviews, good or bad. Just give us some reviews on iTunes, Facebook. Hopefully good, but we love to hear some criticism as well. So send us a message. Let us know what you'd like to hear. Uh, Social media, we're trying to push that a bit more. And um, no, we appreciate all you guys tuning in, liking the shows. And it keeps us going. You know, we're... We're uh, we're fan driven, or at least you know we are as a podcast. I would say podcasts are fan driven, but Tank Slap and Podcast, we are driven by the fans. Getting the getting the feedback, it's it's uh, it's motivating and it, it makes us want to keep uh, keep doing it. it. It's rewarding and it's good to have Sammy on uh, right now as uh, my co-host, and he's crushing it. And appreciate you, buddy, for for coming on each week. No, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure, man. I, I'm I'm into it so. Uh, I, I told Jake, I'm like, hey, man, uh, take as much time as you need. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, dude, you, you, you stay busy, Jake. <laughs> no. the, the one thing we, we wanted to talk about, kind of like to finish off the show with, is uh, Mount Rushmore. You know, you get Mount Rushmore for every sport, every freak, just everything. Like, Who's on your Mount Rushmore of the NBA, who's on your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, who's on your Mount Rushmore of movie stars. I kind of had one for tonight. I kind of ran it by Sammy before we came on the show. This was literally last freaking minute. Um, literally Mount Rushmore last minute. Of flat track. Literally, we're dialing up George Roeder. <laughs> um, Mount Rushmore of racetracks. I'll let Sammy go first. You got four racetracks at the fine flat track, past or present, name them. Okay, I got to go with, uh, I got to start it with the San Jose Mile. Um, man, back in the day, they used to call that place San Jose is the mile. Uh, and it was the cat's meow for sure in its day. Uh, legendary place. So that's definitely up there. Uh, I'm going to back that up with another legendary California track, Ascot. Uh, of course, man, to me, like, it wouldn't be Mount Rushmore if Ascot wasn't on it. And then uh, Peoria, man. I mean, that place has been around forever. It's a TT, ton of history. Uh, it's, you know, a cool motorcycle club, the Peoria uh, Motorcycle Club. They're still putting on events and races. It's old school. You sit on the hill. You know, it's, it's an awesome place with uh, deep roots, man. It's such an integral part of our sport. So that's got to be on there. And then the granddaddy of them all the Springfield Mile. That's right. So I got San Jose Mile, Ascot, Peoria, and Springfield. Who's on your list, Corey? Well, I was going to call you Homer when I heard San Jose. I was thinking it'd be like, oh, California tracks, Lodi, like, come on. Um, But, man, we're pretty similar. And this is without – we didn't even talk about this. But I got – spring. I'm going – I'm going from top to bottom. I'm going right. number one, Springfield Mile. That's the uh, – I don't even know who's on Rushmore. That's the Washington. Is he on, is he on Rushmore? Yeah, man. Okay. Number okay. one, baby. Number okay. one. Number one. All right. All right. Springfield Mile. 
I mean, that's the most iconic. Like back in the day, if you won Springfield Mile, you won, you were the champion. Like that's how they did things back then. So that tells you all you need that's, to know. That's that. That is that. Yeah. And then after that, I got Ascot. Uh, the place is, I, I've never been there. I, they don't race there. They haven't raced there in forever. But Ascot, you still hear more stories about Ascot than any other racetrack. And my dad used to talk about Ascot all the time. So I got that's got a spot in my heart. Just telling me how you, you ain't done shit till you run Ascot. You know, we put cardboard in our leathers. I'm like, well, you're a bitch if you put cardboard in your leathers. You got to soak that up. And uh, we, used to, we used to give each other shit about Ascot. So <laughs> Yeah, until uh, so you see guys uh, come in off the track with holes in their number plates. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like car, there's like shifter shafts from cars like in the ground, like whatever. Just uh, yeah. So I got Ascot. I'm with you. I got Peoria. Peoria has been around since like forever. Like Ben Franklin rode Peoria for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was gonna call you a homer on the San Jose thing, but I got a California track too. It's a mile, but it's Sacramento mile. I, uh, you know, so many. You know, everyone's raised Sacramento from the, you know, the Parkers and the Cars and the, the Graham, you know, up to the Meese, the Bowmans, the Texters. Uh, you, you, uh, you got a point there. You got a point. <laughs> it's had a good run. Sacramento has a good run, man. And and I'm going to just throw this in there. It is uh, featured in one of the most iconic movies ever on any Sunday. But I'm still going to I'm still going to San Jose, Ma. That's because you're a aren't you, you're a north you're a north cowboy, right? Well, I guess Sac's north yeah. cow too. That's valley. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. it's valley, man. It's in the valley. North San Jose valley, is, is is pretty cool. I mean, I I love watching the old races from San Jose, and I have a San Jose T-shirt. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna wear it after this gets posted, and I'll I'll post a photo, one of my dad's old San Jose mile shirts. Um, I'll bust that baby out. Well, you, but, know, yeah. you know me. You know I'm a nut on old school, you know, flat track T-shirts. I collect them, man. And, like, if uh, not to try to plug myself, but during the race season, uh, at every race I'm at, Corey, you've been featured uh, on my Instagram, man. I try to, like, take a picture of everybody I scope out that's wearing an old school flat track shirt. So I definitely want to see that San Jose Mile shirt. And I got a closet Oh, don't I've only bust don't. out maybe I've only bust out maybe two or three. I have dozens. Um, I've been kind of like low key on it, so I'll have to start, you know, showing you showing you the stash a little bit, give you some sneak peeks. Don't ever invite me to your house again. <laughs> no, I'm <gonna>, like <laughs> won't I? I won't want to leave your closet, man. I'll just be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you you can live in there, bro. I'll bring you food. You can just hang out. Like, well, I'll be I, it's totally a big closet. Happy. All I'll right, totally cool. Be happy in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys. And then, real quick, before we, before we wrap this up, Sammy, did you have any honorable mentions? Like, like I said, this is like the last minute. Like a last minute. I, I wanted to throw in a, a East Coast track just because, you know, there's so many great racers from the East coast that, that have been able to win championships and races and things like that. But I was on the fence about Lima. Lima's a good one. I didn't want to give Jared Meese any satisfaction, uh, plugging his race any more than, uh, than, uh, we already plugged Jared on here. So, um, Lima's a great, uh, super iconic East coast racetrack. I, 
I, nothing I, nothing takes those know, off the list though like no you Astrodome, know i thought about astrodome a little bit carter typed in astrodome and that kind of it you know astrodome was gonna be my fourth over sack mile but maybe i'm a little you know biased because I've, I've ridden sack um but there's three that we can agree on springfield ascot peoria i guess oh, for you sure. know those are those are locked in like you know like Drop us comments, guys. Let us know. Let us know yeah, the fourth one. Yeah, you can't change my mind on those, and I don't think I can change your mind on those three for sure. So uh, I would love to hear what people uh, would recommend as the fourth racetrack on that Mount Rushmore. But Lima for sure, Astrodome, definitely honorable mention. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Ionium. You know, and, and, and you know, you know, what's funny is like. Like you said, man, this was last minute, and I totally misunderstood what you said. So, like, when Corey was like, hey, do your Mount Rushmore real quick. I was like, oh, shit, you're putting me on the spot. Okay. And I did Mount Rushmore or Riders real quick. And then you're like, oh, no, I meant tracks. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, like, I'm scrambling, man. I, I, like, I had to come up with that quick. But maybe the next show we can talk about the Mount Rushmore of Riders. I like it. That's been argued and talked about by so many people you know talent achievements uh everything else so yeah we'll we'll save that we'll get save that for the next show um but man appreciate you guys all the love all the comments reviews everything else want to shout out our uh, our sponsors before we let you guys go bell helmets um great products top top of the line helmets safety features Man, you can change a shield on a bell helmet in like three seconds. I mean, it, the quality, everything they have is, is just amazing, and we appreciate them coming on and supporting us. All three champions last year wore bell helmets. So bellpowersports.com, bellhelmets.com, check them out. And then as well, Vancouver Flat Track Club, VFTC, is a group of friends that like to go fast. They host races at the Pemberton Speedway between Whistler and Pemberton in British Columbia. It's uh, right above, like, Washington State in Canada. Check out their website, VancouverFlatTrackClub.com, as well on social media, Vancouver Flat Track Club, and let them know we sent you. That's all I got, man. There's not much going on. I got to spin some laps today again, Trailway Speedway. Got to ride a bit. It's trying to... I don't know, trying to not forget how to turn left. I mean, I've done it a few times, but you start to wonder after so many months of not racing if you if you still if you still can do it. So, um, yeah, I got the got the ride a little bit today, and uh, there's there's nothing else. People are asking me when are we racing like Rotor. I was like, man, if you find out, let me know. I'm ready. I- I'm fucking ready to race tomorrow. Like, wherever we gotta go. Like, I can't wait to get out of this. I can't wait to get out of this house and get to a racetrack, man. And those long ass drives, and uh, I'm missing it big time. So I can't wait to get back to racing. Uh, you know, I'm totally jealous that you got to go out to a racetrack uh, today uh, while I was at home dealing with, uh, you know, being a teacher. <laughs> but uh, I was there last <laughs> week, and that was cool, man. So. Uh, you know, that was really great. To, man, other than Daytona or the races leading up to Daytona uh, down in Florida, that was my first time out of the house and hearing the motorcycle run. So, man, yeah, I can't wait to get back to racing. Definitely hit us up on that Mount Rushmore. I'm going to say it again because I want to drill it into you. We got uh, Peoria, Ascot, and Springfield locked in. Or what track 
is that fourth track on the Mount Rushmore of flat track. Send us what you got. Love it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll catch you uh, soon next week. Human highlight reel. Rusty Rogers. Rusty Rogers. Peace. Peace. Uh, do your when you uh, said episodes with episode 16 whenever you said off the front it kind of broke up so if you could just say episode 16 that's all you need just say episode 16